0: So let's play a little quiz here. All right. Scenario number one, parent phones disability services says, I have my daughter's documentation and I will give it to you for her records, but you cannot show it to her. Yes or no. Scenario number two, student brings in documentation and the disability services looks at it and says, well, there's a whole lot of the information here that's blacked out, redacted. Can disability services take the documentation or not? Yes or no. Scenario number three, you've got a ton of documentation, but none of it has a diagnosis. Is that going to work or not? Yes or no. Scenario number four, you took the documentation directly to the faculty member. Is that going to work or not? Yes or no. Scenario number five, I disclosed some very sensitive information about myself, and now the college is choosing to notify the authorities. Can they do that? Yes or no. Those five questions are a little food for thought as we start today's podcast. And hopefully, as we go through the podcast, you will begin to figure out the answers to those questions. Some of them you may already know, some of them you might not be too sure of. But regardless, we will address each of those questions at the end of the podcast. So welcome to College Disabilities and Success, Episode 47, Disclosing Your Disability with Mickey Hayes. My opinions in this podcast are my own, but please reach out to your college, physicians, or legal services for any additional information. The Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act, otherwise known as FERPA, F-E-R-P-A, is a federal law that protects the privacy of student education records. The law applies to all schools that receive funds under an applicable program of the U.S. Department of Education, FERPA, gives parents certain rights with respect to children's education records. These rights transfer to the student when he or she reaches the age of 18 or attends a school beyond the high school level. Students to whom the rights have transferred are eligible students. Ah, that magic 18. Everything shifts at magic 18. The information that I just read you is on the U.S. Department of Education's website under the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act, FERPA. And I will have that exact link in the show notes today. But I wanted to start off today's podcast with that information because I think it's very important for all of us to be on the same page as far as disclosure and confidentiality and students' rights and parent rights as those rights pertain to college. So how do you handle disclosure? What do you need to think about? As you and your child start looking at colleges and submitting college applications, the question of a disability may be an issue. Now, the college applications, most applications in general, will ask if you need accommodations for anything, but it's my understanding that they should not ask you outright if you have a disability. Because at 18, that knowledge of a disability transfers from you as a parent to the shoulders of your child. And that can be a really rough period of time if you haven't prepared your child for that transition to being 18. And it can be a rough time if you personally haven't prepared for that transition for yourself as well. So if the application to college doesn't ask if you have a disability, how are they going to find out about it? Well, the very first thing you need to understand is that any student going to college with a disability must self-identify. Your child can self-identify on the application if your child wishes to but I wouldn't recommend it because you don't know where that application is going and who's going to read it and if that information will ever make its way to the right place and to the right person who needs to know. But in most of the cases, that self-identification occurs on campus or at a Zoom meeting or over the phone, someplace where you're actually speaking directly to somebody from the Disability Services Department. I would not suggest self-identifying with a faculty member. Now, a lot of students do, and if you are self-identifying with a faculty member, you are trusting that that information is going to make it from the faculty member to the Disability Services Office. And I personally would not recommend going directly to a faculty member to begin with think that could be a risk depending on the size of the college and the number of students that a teacher has. And it's always better to go directly to the people that are actually going to handle your disclosure. See, here's the thing. When you disclose your disability, it's one thing to tell somebody that you have a learning disability, or that you're on the autism spectrum, or that you're bipolar, or that you are a recovering alcoholic, or that you have anxiety, or that you struggle with reading, or that you're going to use a note taker. It's one thing to say that to a faculty member, but in reality, when you go to the disability services... That information, whatever your diagnosis is, is confidential information that should only be contained and housed at the Disability Services Department. When you go and register with Disability Services and you discuss documentation and you figure out exactly what kind of documentation they require and that you need, when you give them that documentation and you are officially disclosing your disability with the Disability Services Department and sharing the documentation that supports your disclosure, that faculty member will not see that information. That is private and confidential information under FERPA law, going back to the beginning of this podcast, under FERPA law. And you are the person who then chooses what you're going to reveal to the professors. Because when you go to disability services, they're going to give you, once you have all your ducks in a row and they have evaluated you and figured out exactly what the best way to accommodate you would be. Once that has all been figured out, they will give you some sort of accommodation form or accommodation memo to take to the faculty member. It may be a piece of paper. It may be an electronic transfer Every college does it differently, so you need to find out how you're going to get that information from disability services to the professor. And you need to find out what their means of transfer is. But what they don't do is they don't send the diagnosis information. You should get an accommodation form that says you have registered with disability services And you are entitled to the following accommodations. 1, 2, 3, 4, X, Y, Z, whatever they happen to be, that should all be spelled out in the accommodations memo. And that is the piece of paper that the faculty member gets. Now, that is disclosure to disability services. Now, all you've told the faculty member at this point is that you're registered with them, but they do not know why. Now, here's where disclosure takes a bit of a turn so let's talk about this for a minute. There's formal disclosure and there's informal disclosure. And formal disclosure is just what we've been talking about, getting all your paperwork ducks in a row over to disability services. And informal disclosure is talking to the professor about your needs. Now, I never, ever, never, ever, never have advised a student as to what to do with regards to disclosure to their faculty. Because here's the thing, and I'm a, I am was a faculty member also, so I get it. But as a faculty member, my understanding of your disability issue may be limited. I may not have a real good understanding of exactly what it means if you say you're on the autism spectrum, other than my own preconceived notions, which may or may not be right. So then you get into a whole lot of explaining that you may not want to do or want to share something you may want to share. I don't know, but it's not up to me as a disability services representative to tell that faculty member what your diagnosis is. So what you need to do is you need to figure out how to do this informal disclosure where you say I'm registered with disability services and because I'm registered with disability services, these are my accommodations and I have some trouble taking tests and it really is better for me if I can be in a quiet room with very little distraction or it's really better for me if I have somebody in class who shares their notes with me, or it's really better for me if I record the class because I have trouble following if a person talks too fast. I don't know. You're in the situation where you have to think about your disability and the accommodations that you're getting and what is going to be in your best interest. Now, I had a student with a learning disability once upon a time who really did a beautiful explanation to the faculty member of her dyslexia. But maybe it wasn't so beautiful after all, because the only thing that she came away with was the fact that the faculty member then thought, well, okay, so she doesn't really need any help. So she doesn't really need these accommodations. And she came right out and told me, she said, I will never disclose that information again. She was burned badly when she did that. I've had other students who are so glad that they had that conversation with the faculty member, that the faculty member says, oh man, I struggled like that when I was in school too, so I get what you're saying. So in that case, it was really a benefit for them to disclose something to the faculty member. But that's it's a really critical conversation that you and your child need to have. And it may be one faculty member versus another faculty member. You may find some faculty members are like, okay, sure, no problem. Easy peasy, done. And then others may question and wonder and start to probe information that you may not want to share or that you may be comfortable sharing. But the point is nobody can make that decision for you. That's a decision that you as a student with a disability, 18 or over, have that right to decide for yourself. So think carefully and realize that you do not have to share a whole lot of details about your background. I run into this a lot with PTSD. Man, if you knew the stories that some of the students told me about their PTSD, it would bring you to your knees. It's just Awful, some of the things that they have experienced and seen with the PTSD. But again, how much of that do you want to share with a faculty member? Do you feel a kindred spirit to that faculty member? Do you feel that they would really understand? Or are you thinking maybe they wouldn't see, wouldn't get it? You have to assess that situation. Now, here's one solution if you're not sure. If you're not sure how much you want to informally disclose to a faculty member, go back and talk to your disability services counselor and maybe ask your disability services counselor to sit in on a meeting with you and the faculty member and kind of help guide you through that deeper explanation of your needs. But even in that case, you're the person who decides if you want that disability services staff to disclose your disability. That's what confidentiality is all about. That's what FERPA is all about. And there are certain things that by law, you are not required to share except with the proper college personnel who have a right to know it. Now, there's another link that I am going to share on today's podcast, and it's an FAQ link for FERPA. And it's actually a pretty great link because the questions are yes, no questions, and they answer it yes or no, and then they explain why and who has a right to know things and who doesn't. When can the college disclose your information? When are they not allowed to? What do you do if you're registered for college, but there's a particular person in your background that is a danger for them to know where you are? Is there a way that you could have your name pulled from the public records? Talk to the disability services. They will help you through that because, yes, there is a way. It doesn't mean you're not going to be part of the system, but there's a difference between what is promoted publicly, disclosed publicly by the college, and what is not. So talk to Disability Services and find out about that, especially if you're in a situation where you do not want your name, address, status, that sort of thing, schedule of classes. You don't want that known. Talk to Disability Services and find out what your rights are with regards to that. Every college has to follow the law, but you really want to talk to the Disability Services Office at your college to find out exactly how your particular college handles those kinds of situations. What are their protocols and policies that are in place to deal with that? Now here's the other thing I want to talk about with regards to disclosure. Let's say you register with Disability Services, you get your accommodation memo, and you're ready to go. If that accommodation memo does not make it to the faculty member, they do not have to accommodate you. If you don't take that accommodation memo and make sure the faculty is aware that you get these accommodations, they're not going to happen. This again falls on your shoulders to follow up and to make sure that the faculty member knows they must accommodate you, and then go from there. Now, if you want to try it without accommodations, okay, if you don't give the accommodation memo to them, then that's what's going to happen. But do realize that there are no do-overs in college. So if you try it and it doesn't work, you're stuck with whatever grade you got and you have to move forward from there. So I suggest students go to disability services, get a clear handle on what's going on with regards to your accommodations, what you qualify for, what accommodations they can offer you, what their protocols are for getting that document to the faculty member. And then if you want to even talk to the faculty member and say, I've got accommodations, but I'm going to try it without just to let you know, that's okay. That way everything is ready to go if you change your mind. Because sometimes getting registered with disability services later on really tends to hold things up. And so they can't always get to you very quickly. They have to review and evaluate your documentation and sit with you and talk to you and and get a good sense of what you need. And sometimes that's not real quick and easy to do. So you can't suddenly come to them today and say, oh, I need to register with you because I have a test tomorrow. That's probably going to be a problem for you. So you want to think about it logistically as far as making sure that they have enough time to do what they need to do at their end, especially if they have to find some sort of assistive technology for you that will help or a note taker or a reader or something like that. Disclosing your disability is a conversation that you as an 18 year old and your parents really need to have before you get to college. Because if you don't disclose correctly and if your faculty member does not give you the accommodations you should have had and you don't go back and talk to disability services about it. There's nothing they can do after the fact. So you really want to be proactive when it comes to taking care of your disclosure, whether it's formal disclosure or informal disclosure. You need to be proactive about that and make sure that everybody who needs to know does already indeed know what they need to know. So let's play a little quiz here, all right? Scenario number one, Parent Phones Disability Services says, I have my daughter's documentation and I will give it to you for her records, but you cannot show it to her. Yes or no? The correct answer is no. It doesn't work that way. That child is 18, that child needs to see and know and understand her documentation. Not gonna happen unless that child personally is there to give the documentation to the staff. Scenario number two, Student brings in documentation and the disability services looks at it and says, well, there's a whole lot of the information here that's blacked out, redacted. Can disability services take the documentation or not? Well, maybe yes, maybe no. It all depends on what's redacted. If you have a particularly personal, painful piece of Past that, your disability services doesn't need to know that doesn't apply to your situation, they may take the documentation with the redaction. If they think they need to see everything that's on there, they will let you know and then you guys will discuss that accordingly. Scenario number three you've got a ton of documentation, but none of it has a diagnosis. Is that going to work or not? Some of it's old, some of it's an IEP. Is the college going to take it? Will that be self disclosure? Who knows? Maybe yes. Maybe no. Depends on what it is. Depends on the college. Every college decides for themselves what documentation they are going to accept. Scenario number four. You took the documentation directly to the faculty member. Well, if that faculty member gives you accommodations, that's between you and the faculty member, it does not apply to anything that the college and disability services will be legally responsible for because it did not go through disability services. It really has to go through the disability services office. Then it becomes official. But follow the process that the college has in place to solve your problem. Scenario number five, I disclosed some very sensitive information about myself, and now the college is choosing to notify the authorities. Can they do that? Maybe yes, maybe no. Go into that FERPA website and look at the Frequently Asked Questions link that I gave you, because that's going to make a huge difference in your understanding of what the college can and cannot do with regards to disclosing a disability. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. I hope you found today's episode valuable and informative. If you have any questions, first of all, you can just send me an email at teaches at gmail.com. That's, that's M-I-C-K-I-E teaches at gmail.com. I will also have a free ebook guide for parents with about 30 questions on it with regards to disability services and heading to college. So, if you're interested in that, the free ebook link will be in my show notes as well. In the meantime, if you have any questions or any concerns, drop me an email. I'll be glad to respond. Take care and have a great rest of the day. Bye. Information contained throughout this podcast has been gleaned from my own personal experiences. But to ensure accuracy, please contact the Disability Services at the college of your choice to have first-hand information and the most up-to-date policies and procedures followed by your particular institution of higher education. The content in any of these podcasts is not intended as a substitute for information from legal, educational, or medical professionals. Always seek the advice of your attorney or qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have with regards to legal, educational, or medical concerns.